0: From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm your host, Shakita Griffin. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Margot Libre, class of 2019, associate scientist at Pfizer. As I do with most of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Margot became interested in her occupation
1: definitely a little bit of a roundabout journey for me. Kind of like didn't necessarily expect to land where I did, but I'm so happy that I did. Starting off at Muhlenberg, I was a biology major and also essentially a dance double major, but I ended up having to graduate the dance as a minor. But all throughout college and before that, I had pretty much had it in my mind that I wanted to be a veterinarian. And so that is why I decided to be a bio major in the first place, because I thought, okay, I want to be a vet. So what I have to do, be a bio major, but also wanted to keep dancing. And that's why I pursued Muhlenberg in the first place, because I could do both those things. So anyway, yeah, I followed all the steps to being pre-vet. I was in the pre-vet club. I was co-president of the pre-vet club. Senior year, I did countless hours of logging and shadowing and assisting veterinarians, and I even, after graduating, took the GRE in preparation. But by the time I took the GRE, I knew, like, even if I veering away from vet school, I might want it for grad school eventually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically, as I hinted, I am not. veterinarian I'm not that didn't stick in the end, right? (laughs) Yeah, basically I I it originally started out as just such a strong love for animals and also was always interested in the natural world and in science as a little kid. It's always like collecting bugs and all that kind of thing. And so that's what that's what landed me there in the first place. But basically um the more I spoke to veterinarians, the more I shadowed them. And the closer and closer I got to, okay, it's time for me to apply, the more I had a little voice in my head that was like, something is just really not sticking for me. Like, I feel like 80% there that this is what I want. This is like hitting a lot of points that I want. You know, it's the animals, the science, but if you're not 100%, I'm like, let me not go full force and apply to do this for the rest of my life, basically. So yeah, I had some hesitations. I after a lot of my clinical shadowing, I just felt like, I don't know, it just wasn't everything I thought it was gonna be. It felt sure. really repetitive. And a lot of the vets I spoke with, to be honest, they weren't super happy <laughs> in their career. And it was really solid, candid advice that I took from them. A lot of the veterinarians I connected with were through the through the pre-vet club, but through the career center who helped. Nice. Them. Bring in people, so that was really awesome. And yeah. I ended up connecting with one of them, Dr. Susan Ackerman. She was new law. Well. Then she went to Cornell for vet school, and I ended up keeping in touch with her and in conversation was just like, yeah, I'm feeling like not positive about vet school, but I'm still interested in animals. And at this point, I was also interested in research, specifically wildlife research because The study abroad program I did in school was all about that. I was in Tanzania with the School for Field Studies, and I was studying wildlife for four months. And then the last month was an intensive research portion. And I was like, I love this. This is amazing. So I just like had these little pieces of like, okay, I loved the I loved animal research and I'm loving vet work less and less. Like, what do I do? And so I was talking to Dr. Ackerman and she invited me to this weekend at Cornell. I think it was sort of like an alumni weekend that she had where it was a conference for veterinarians. And she was like, Why don't you come? They have so many other programs at Cornell too. Like, you can speak to people who do PhDs and all sorts of other things and get some more advice on career path. So that's what I did. So it was a really amazing, amazing connection. So gracious that she invited me to join her for this. So I'm so appreciative to her. In the end, yeah, I spoke to a lot of those people and they said, Yeah, I mean, if you want to do like animal research, you you can be a veterinarian and veterinarians do that, or you can not, you can do a PhD, you can get a master's, or you can just start working in the field and like see see certain things that you like and you right. Know, so mind. a lot of options. <laughs> of course, a lot of options. And I was a little overwhelmed. It's getting a little bit of option overwhelm. <laughs> and um I was like okay okay this is all good information but I'm just like not really ready to make any certain decisions yet at this point I was also I was teaching dance at this point doing some other stuff and I was also applying to some jobs that were very ecology fieldwork positions it would be like going out and collecting data in the Rocky Mountains and stuff like that but I didn't get I didn't get any of those jobs. Then after that, my classmate from Muhlenberg, Ariana yes. Leonetti, she messaged me one day and was like, hey, my team, at she's working here eight months before me. And she was like, my team at Pfizer is hiring. I think it would be a good fit for you. Just think about it. And okay, yeah, I'll think about it. But like lab work in that sense wasn't, it wasn't really on my radar of like where, I wanted to, or I thought I, I would be. I liked research, but in the context of like being outside and and like studying animals, that's like what I had had it so far. But I was like, yeah, let me think about it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I talked about to her, about the position. I was like, yeah, you know, actually, this might be a really interesting way to get some great experience, yeah. learn learn a lot of things. It's a really cool place to be at that time it was uh last may 2021 so they were Mm -hmm. just there and been doing a lot of pandemic work of course and like yeah this is this is a cool place to be would be research infectious diseases i i'm still interested in those things um and i'm interested in the big picture of my future of like pivoting infectious diseases towards like graduate programs where i study those that are transmitted from wildlife to humans like so there's still as, connections there definitely course, there's still <laughs> connections and I feel like what I'm learning what I'm doing is is really has become so relevant to me in ways that I never imagined it to be so yeah that was a really sorry very long I, way no, to but, I, I mean
0: what I love there's so many points about you sharing that that I love you know first it's a non-linear path as so many are you know I think so often when you're in college, just like you, you started thinking, okay, here's my journey. Here's my path. And then things change along the way. You have new experiences and it can very much alter your course. I also love the Muhlenberg connections, of course, that you were able to share and how the Muhlenberg network was able to have an influence on you and, and help you in, you know, kind of finding this role and opportunity, you know, and then I love too, that, again, although it's not what you initially envisioned, it still has all of these connections to your interests and is preparing you potentially for graduate school or whatever may come next. So, you know, again, thank you for sharing that. It really, I I, I love getting to hear about these journeys because everyone's mm-hmm. is unique and, you know, sometimes so filled with the
2: unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm, totally. And, and I think we can't like underestimate the value of taking a step back yeah and 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 taking some time to rest and evaluate okay where do i move forward i have this degree i did all these things i was chugging along but you don't have to continue on exactly where you were even it doesn't matter how much time how much shadowing you put into it um yeah i had somebody reach out to me on linkedin actually yeah i'm a student Nice. And um, she was like, "I'm I'm pre dental, but I'm not sure." And I said, "Like just, just like take a, some time to rest. You don't have to. You still might want to, but yeah, there's there's just so many options that you may never have possibly been aware of. Right. At, in high school when you made that decision, or even in college, there are so many jobs that you can have within
2: the sure. world.
1: And, you know, I
0: also love that you mentioned the shadowing in the career center. Of course, it's something that we're always encouraging students to do early on because it does give you more time to pivot or try different things so that you're not so far into your academic journey, you know, before perhaps saying, maybe this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or maybe this isn't a fit. So again, I I loved your story that you're able to share. Thinking about your current work. Is there such a thing as a typical work day? Can you give us a sense of what your work entails, especially, again, considering that audience of a current student who might have no idea what an associate scientist does?
1: I would say there's definitely a typical day. My my days are very regulated
2: and (laughs) standardized, I would say.
1: So let me... Zoom out a tiny bit and like provide a bigger picture of what I work on. I work in the bacterial vaccines group, and there are a lot of different vaccines that are being worked on, but my team tests a vaccine called Prevnar. And Prevnar is a vaccine that protects you against Streptococcus pneumoniae, which is a bacteria that can cause all sorts of diseases that we call pneumococcal disease. You know, the one people think of is pneumonia, so it does it can cause bacterial pneumonia, but it can cause a lot of other different things, even blood infections, brain and spinal cord infections, ear infections, nasty eye infections. So, yeah, a lot of people don't know that they've even had this vaccine. Maybe that children are getting it. But yeah, so this is this is a vaccine against this bacteria that causes some nasty diseases. So what my job is, is basically a a data collector. I so I'm supposed to collect I collect data every single day that gets sent out to people who combine reports and statisticians who make sense of the data and ultimately get sent to the FDA or various biological authorities. So I do this. The data collecting is by running a test that we call an assay. And it's a two day period. And the assay, the purpose of it is to simulate in a lab setting the immune response that, that you would have in the human body if you are vaccinated with Prevnar and then are infected with strep pneumonia and bacteria so yeah i spend about 80 percent 75 80 percent of the day in the lab um basically um you know i I have my little bacteria and i add it to blood samples that have antibodies in them and the antibodies flag the bacteria and then i add some white blood cells that are supposed to kill the bacteria that the antibodies flagged and then at the end of the test on the second day we enumerate the bacteria we put in this really fancy machine that counts all the colonies and and see how much bacteria remain and yeah a lot of statistics go into that some reports yeah. we get filed and then we we basically have quantified efficacy like we see how much this sample with Antibodies from real people who really mm-hmm. got our vaccine, we see how much it was able to successfully kill bacteria. Wow. Um, so hopefully
2: that makes sense. It, it really, joking. I mean, it does. <laughs> and it's such
0: a fascinating process. I mean, it's especially, you know, working in a career center that's so far removed from <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: from, you know,
0: my work. I, I think it's so amazing to hear about. And, you know, when you think about that work, so you know, like you said, regimented, a lot of data collection, you know, a lot of precision needed. Um, so what are the skills that make you successful in the role? Like both when you think about hard skills, whether it's tech or machinery that you've had to learn, and your soft skills, what is it that makes you successful?
1: Totally. So, well, generally, you just need a degree of some sort. you you need to have that. Background understanding of the work you're doing. I mean, technically, you could train somebody to do it who doesn't understand it, but it is definitely important that the people doing these tests do understand what is every function of every single step that we're doing, what is it replicating in a real process in the immune system and in the human body. So, yeah, general biology background, but I feel that my Muhlenberg. Uh, education prepared me really well for all of that basic background yeah you're gonna need some lab experience which though I had a research experience outside of Muhlenberg through study abroad all my lab experience on my resume was through it was from Muhlenberg class so any um, especially upper level bio course I had an associate lab organic chemistry microbiome biochem where you practice some like semi sterile techniques you you just learn the basics of not not touching what you're not supposed to right um, (laughs) like basic lab etiquette right (laughs) yeah basic lab etiquette you definitely want to come in with uh, how to use different types of pipettes like it just it's just basic things that you maybe think that you gloss over but it is important to come in here Having held a pipette before, of course. So those type of things, but I will say, like it, it is entry level, and and wow. you do get trained on the exact steps you need to do. You know, I, you know, I came in like being like, oh, I don't know every step of this. Right. Opsinophagus city case. <laughs> it's like it's okay. You'll be trained. I'm actually a trainer now.
2: Oh, nice. yeah
1: So moving on up. Yeah. Right. And then. You do need to be able to, first of all, be okay with repetitive work because yeah, we're running the same type of tests every couple of days. That's there are other functions in our day. You know, we spend time sometimes in meetings, do random various things on our computer at our at our desk and stuff. But a lot of the time is in the lab doing the same thing we've trained on and done a hundred times before there are ways to make that more interesting and not become jaded. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I guess that isn't for everyone, but it's not isolating. Like you might picture someone that just alone doing this, but we're in a lab with three or four other people. We can chat, you know, hang out with to music or anything. Um, And then there are a lot of times during the day for socializing, collaboration and, and the, buildings itself are are built for that we have the the labs around the perimeter but then we also have so much open space where we all come and hang out and a lot of collaborative work rooms and so there I I think there's a lot of variation in the day and that helps a lot what we definitely look for is people who are willing to volunteer for like those extra little tasks okay Uh, (laughs) so just someone who, someone who's willing to so some taking initiative right like exactly yeah. taking initiative because it definitely takes a village to run the team and even though you might feel like it's a lot of in, individualistic work but there's so much that goes on that that we need to like support one another mm-hmm. so um, really the successful people on the team are those who are volunteering to help one another out and take on those other little tasks.
0: And, you know, I do love that fact that it, like you said, it is still collaborative because, as you said, when you're thinking about doing that testing or working in the lab, right, you don't necessarily think it's going to be team oriented, but it's nice to see that you have kind of both sides of independent work, but still that ability to collaborate, work with others, you know, do some different types of projects and tasks. So
1: totally totally and and we do have the freedom outside of running the assay to kind of like usually meet with our managers and discuss like based on our skills and interests what what other type of products we want to take on do we want to do some more collaborative things or some more individual work okay how how else we want to fill our time yeah so that's really cool
0: And so you mentioned, you know, the pandemic. So I want to ask you this question kind of on two sides, right? Thinking about how the pandemic has affected your work, both from, you know, knowing how people are working hybrid, remote schedules, you know, but you being in a lab, has it changed the flexibility that you're able to have? And then, of course, from that industry side, how the pandemic has affected the projects you're working on.
1: One thing I have learned in this process is that working in the lab, you're, you're never going to be working from home, right. pretty, pretty much. Um, Unless you have a sterile lab at home with
0: multi-million dollar right. equipment, right? <laughs> not going to work.
1: Right. So I, I think a lot of people in whatever jobs they've been in the last two, three years, they've realized and decided it's really important for them to be able to do either hybrid work or work from home. Um, so I, I guess it would be something to consider that knowing this field is very much in person, but um well, at one point, when the numbers were high on site, we had to go each team had to be at fifty percent in person on any given day, so half the team was split up okay. um every day we were either at home or or on site, and they you know, there's there was some stuff that we could do from home, some like data reviewing type of things. But I actually learned from that that I really disliked the days when I was home. Okay. During where I? I learned that I really like to be in person. I I really like to see other people during my day and yeah. talk to people and leave my house. So <laughs> that is something yeah. um, I learned about myself. So I'm feel fine to be in a field that will not really leave me in a remote work Mm -hmm. um but yeah a lot a lot of the site and a lot of Pfizer workers who do operations or admin PR that type of thing they were remote the entire time Mm -hmm. from when I came in May 2021 until like a couple of months ago, so everyone kept telling me, "Yeah, there's like about fifty percent more people who usually work here. Wow. <laughs> usually a lot more crowded at lunchtime and everything." I'm like, "Okay, wait and see." So they're they're slowly filing back, but um I think that those people are they still only have to work uh, in person? I think three days a week. So okay, so they're more um, hybrid. Yeah, they're more hybrid now. Um. And then, yeah, in terms of how it affected the field, the company, of course, Pfizer came out with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I think that just like amplified everything for them. It was obviously like massive media that they weren't receiving before. And a lot of people were like hearing about the company for the first time. Um, so it definitely brought a lot of attention to the company. Also, um, they built, I, I think Pfizer increased like what I would call pandemic preparedness. Mm. They they built some special type of labs here where you can house um, certain pathogens, including SARS-CoV-2 where you can't work on you can't right now at least use that virus in the lab that I work on the lab that I work in every single day um where I can use the bacteria um it just is classified as a higher level sure. so we had to yeah of course <laughs> we had to actually build this different type of lab on site it's called biosafety level three lab and they built it really amazingly quickly and it differs in all the sorts of infrastructure. It's like, it's like a little spaceship in there. It's, like I can it's imagine. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's really special, has to be special ventilation systems. And of course you have to wear different PPE and you have mm-hmm. to wear, you know, a full Tyvek suit and respirator. But actually that's been interesting for me because my team got the opportunity to cross train. On going in that type of lab, if we wanted to, because they kind of had to out of thin air invent like COVID team. Okay, um, yeah, and so they needed some help. So I signed up and I got the opportunity yes. to get that training of and clearance of how to work in that lab, how to wear the respirator, mm-hmm. and yeah, the different things that go with that. So that's been a really cool experience and training that I wouldn't have gotten to receive and it's unique because not a lot of companies or universities have this that level lab so Mm -hmm. it's a really cool training that I got to have so
0: yeah I mean definitely a positive that came out of the scenario because that yeah sounds like a pretty amazing experience to be in that high level lab I mean really talk about hands-on right working with Uh, these pathogens and, and towards the solutions. Very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're thinking about your role, would you be able to identify, you know, a most challenging portion and a most rewarding piece?
1: Yes. Okay. Starting with rewarding. Okay. I think it's so exciting to be on a team where I get to work towards and see, I've already seen in the time since being here, FDA authorizations of the updated vaccines that I'm working on. So that is so cool to see all of that come to fruition and all the data that people collect on my team to to see what happens in the big picture where it gets sent to the FDA and they read through it for a long time and then they send out a statement saying yes we authorize this use of this vaccine for this or that demographic of people and that is so cool because first of all you you know in any given vaccine maybe you see an authorization it it, you takes like 10-12 years or something so it's highly possible to like not see that in your whole right career of being in a certain place and I just came in a lucky time where, yeah. where I got <laughs> authorized. But that
0: was no, really, I mean that's really so cool. cool talk about like seeing again that direct impact of your work so yeah
1: totally and it and it's good to like get that big picture sometimes of like okay yeah sometimes it's tiring to just do the same thing but it's like this really goes somewhere and it helps millions of people so that's really cool and also Another rewarding thing is, is I think it's so cool to, like, see on the news when they're talking about things that either my team or other colleagues and other groups um, on my site that I know that they've been working on. And that's also a really big perk is to be like, oh, look at you all go Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking
2: about this in the news right now. So, well, very cool.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. Um, So that's, that's really rewarding. There's so much rewarding about this job to me. And then challenges. One challenge is there are periods throughout the year that are so busy when we're working on various clinical trials, and we're having to meet deadlines. And it's just nonstop. And then there are other periods where it's a lull, we're just doing internal development work things really slow down so it it can be hard to like switch gears and like so busy at one point and then okay wow I have a lot of downtime today like <laughs> not sure what to do there um but there yeah I, I I learned to like take advantage of some of the really cool things that are offered through Pfizer so one thing is they offer mentorship and yes. you can apply to be matched to a mentor and so i talked to, i did this i got a mentor and i asked him like i'm i'm so busy and when we're in that sure. busy period but then i i need more i don't know what to do with myself when we're in the lull and he gave me pointed me towards something so told me about like we have journal clubs I didn't know that there was a journal club at Pfizer so there's an immunology journal club and microbiology journal club they actually we had micro one today during lunch I listened to it on it and people present papers you can keep up to date on you know various things in your field so that's it's a cool thing and that keeps it interesting
0: oh definitely you know it's it's great to hear just kind of how you're talking about the role, like you, how you've really found such a fit in it, you know, and and found your footing in this role. Um, And again, still have room to grow within it and see where it's ultimately gonna kind of take you on your career path. But, you know, it really sounds like a good fit right now. So I'm excited for you for that.
1: <laughs> totally, thank you. It's It feels like such a great fit for me right now. And one thing I really love about it is that I don't feel overexhausted, overworked, overstressed. I don't take my work home with me. That is something I, I should mention. Major perk of yes. working in a lab <laughs> is that when I go home, I'm home. That's right. It. We're done. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. Also, my hours are great. I work about eight to four every day. I live close by, I go home and I do what I want in my evenings. I take dance classes, you know, Pfizer, they told me this when I interviewed that they really value work-life balance and they have completely lived up to that in my eyes. That's awesome. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Nice.
2: Nice. And so, you know, as we're
0: sort of wrapping up here, what advice or guidance would you give to somebody who's interested in doing the work that you do?
1: I would definitely say connect. I'm sure this is the advice everybody gives. Um, I think like, I don't know, uh, five years ago, if someone were to tell me that, I'd be like grown. I'm like, no, I hate making connections. It's so hard and sounds so scary. It's really not. That's the thing is once you start doing it, you realize that, okay, you can reach out to someone The worst thing that they can do is A, say no, or B, not answer. (laughs) And the best I can get out of it is so much. I like everything I have is through various connections that I've made, and I'm so grateful for that. Other advice for students in general, though, is this is what I feel like, though, from a Muhlenberg takeaway for me was like, you can do it all.
2: Nice. And like,
1: (laughs) you can for me that meant like you can study biology you can study dance you can also study abroad you can graduate on time (laughs) and I really wanted to be able to like emulate that in my like quote-unquote real life and continue in a career in biology and still have dance in my life in a meaningful way and I'm still able to do that I, I still I take dance classes I'm doing a little bit of performing. I'm in a nutcracker. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so that's really, really cool. Um, And to take advantage of the resources you have as a student, like your advisor, my advisor, Dr. Angar in biology, that's a great mentor to me and really like all of the dance faculty, such a supportive community. So there's so much there just recommend to try your best to use it.
0: This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by the Office of Alumni Affairs at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.